my dad might randomly text me about what movie he needs to watch. I told him still away, though. Yeah, we just watched that yesterday. What else have you watched? Well, Stowaway on Netflix. That just came out. It's got Anna Kendrick in it. And what's her name? Oh, my God. What you been in? Um, Sixth Sense and Hereditary. Uh, Tony Collette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's about three astronauts who are on a mission to Mars. And after they've launched and they're in space, they find a guy who had been working. He was an engineer, had been working on the on the shuttle and got trapped inside. And so he's up in space with them. And in the melee, they realize that part of their equipment is broken and they only have enough oxygen for three. Dun, dun, dun. And now there's four of them. And so there's the whole, what do we do now? It was really good. I think there was some really good acting in it and, and suspense. Oh, my dad will like that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Another one is, um, it's a new series on HBO. It's called Mayor of Easttown. It's got Kate Winslet. And I love her. Yeah, I love her. And oh, there's a whole bunch of people in it. David Dedman, who was Roy from The Office, um, plays her ex-husband. Oh, but then, <laughs> and Guy Pierce from Memento and mm-hmm. LA Confidential, he's in it. But it's about this like small town police detective. I think it's like East Coast, Pennsylvania, Maine, that kind of accent. It reminds me of my hometown, like or my town that I live in now. That. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. And then there's a murder. And then this detective's life is just falling apart. Plus, she's trying to solve a murder. It's really good. It's it's only got, I think it's two episodes so far. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, We watched Thunder Force on Netflix. That's the Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was what you'd expect. It was stupid. <laughs> I mean, I chuckled a couple parts, but it was really stupid. And then there's a new, oh, I shouldn't admit I watched this. Frank of Ireland. It's on Prime. It is, uh, what is that guy's name? He plays Hux from the new Star Wars movies. And I can't think of his name. Uh, Gleason is their last name. What? No, I have no idea. I've seen the Star Wars movies. How do I not know this? His dad played Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter movies. And then he played one of the older Weasley brothers, Bill, I think, Weasley in the movies. But anyways, this show is done by his brother, and his brother plays the main character, Frank, and then Dommel's that how you say? I think it's, it's pronounced like Donald, but it's spelled like Dommel. He plays his friend Doofus, and then his dad in real life makes an appearance. So it's this whole family, but they're not playing family. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. I am confused. I'm so confused. It's very Irish. <laughs> If you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and horrible people and horrible people that do incredibly stupid things, but it's so freaking funny, you will love it. Oh, and should we talk about the one that I made you watch? Yes, (laughs) I was going to say, speaking of Harry Potter, I have finished season one of Servant on Apple TV and Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley, is in it. And that's why making that connection there. He is great in that show. He is so good in that. He is the best. He is the highlight of the show, in my opinion. I think, what's her name? The girl, um, Allison. No, what's her name? I can, I, shoot, I cannot think of it. Lauren Ambrose? Yes, yes. That's the mom, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. I think she is, first of all, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she is so good. Like she plays that character to a T. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. 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 Backtracking a little bit. Servant on Apple TV. It is an M. Night Shyamalan thing. It's it's weird. I don't know. It's about about this couple who lost their baby, um, who died in an accident. And the mother, as a way to cope, has been carrying around a reborn doll as a way of dealing with her grief. And she has gone and hired a servant to take care of, not a servant, but she's hired a a nanny to take care of this reborn doll. And it's all about, like, do we go along with this idea that we still have a baby and even though it's a doll and then at the very last second of the first episode everything gets turned on it on its head it's freaking insane mm-hmm. it's so good it so is good. but i will say that it not to give any spoilers but it took a turn that yeah. I, i'm not a huge fan of yeah so 
I, I really liked it because I was like, oh, this is so creepy. And there's so many ways that this could go. And then I was like, oh, man, really? But I'm going to watch the second season and see. What, what yeah, I've, I've watched the first few minutes of the second or second season's first episode. But I had, I don't know, something happened. I was doing something around the house and I had to stop. And I wasn't giving it my focus. So I just quit watching. But I really want to see where it goes. The finale of that season mm-hmm. made me physically sick with anxiety. <laughs> physically sick. Like, and it's just so good. Oh, it's very good. I like it. But it has a really stupid turn in it. I will give you that. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, they come back. I don't know. Anyways, anything else? Well, my kids and I watched the middle three Star Wars movies. The originals. The originals. And I did want to clarify that we have seen... All of these, with the exception of The Rise of Skywalker, which we've only seen once in the movie theater. We've seen all of these movies a million times, and yet we still have to do the prequels. Why? And also, Tweed and I have been watching this show. It's showing on Amazon Prime, but it's not an Amazon original. I have no idea where it originally streamed, but it's called I Shouldn't Be Alive. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's these stories of people who have been through like these crazy situations that they should not have lived through but they did and they're here to tell the story about what happened and they do the reenactments and the reenactments I'm like what is the budget on this show because <laughs> like it they are incredible I, I mean they're like crashing planes and and sinking sailboats and I'm like holy shit they're, they're not joking around on this show it's not as much suspenseful because you know the person lived because they're literally telling you the story but it is still like a nail biter because you're like how how are you here it's crazy right and Bluey of course we've been watching Bluey oh my god thanks Bluey. a lot <laughs> oh my god we love Bluey you know okay there's a documentary on Netflix and it's a story that I am obsessed with. I keep trying to watch it and I've fallen asleep in it twice. And it has nothing to do with the documentary. I think the documentary so far is great. I just, I don't know. People start talking and I fall asleep. What is it? This is a robbery. Oh, the, the world's yeah, the greatest, art heist. world's biggest art heist of uh, the yeah. um, Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston where the millions of dollars in art disappeared Yep, and they've I never know, seen again. Yep, I know that story, but I haven't. It's um, fascinating. Tried to watch it yet, but oh, um. it's it's really interesting. And the the actual photographs and stuff from the museum are oh, fantastic. But I try, I tried, I've tried twice, but both times I tried it was like as I was going to bed and I fell asleep. So it's nothing about yeah. the thing. So yeah. Anywho, that's Anywho. a lot of stuff. It's been a bit, so we had lots. It has. It's been a while since we recorded. And in case you have forgotten, this is That's So Original Podcast. And we talk to you about original streaming television series and movies. And we have been dragging out this Ted Lasso on (laughs) Apple TV thing for quite a while. We've been trying out a couple of different ways to do this. And I think we're going to go back to our back and forth throughout the episode thing. Because I have a lot of notes and like so you literally don't want to listen to me talk for 20 minutes about, you know, yeah. diamond dogs or whatever. So, yeah, actually the first episode, episode eight is called The Diamond Dogs. And I'm going to let you start us out. Okay. Okay. Well, I have a couple things to say before we get started. Okay. Okay. One, I downloaded the song Strange by Celeste from the Make Rebecca Great Again episode, which Mm -hmm. was that ending song. It's like Keely and Roy are walking down the hallway. Loved it. Also, I've gone back with my kids and watched the whole season. And I fell in love with the song Forever by Mumford and Sons. It's from Tan Lines when Ted and his wife are like deciding that they're over. Mm -hmm. Because that one killed me. And also, how did I not realize this was a Bill Lawrence show? Bill Lawrence from Spin City and Scrubs and Cougar Towns. I and, had no idea either. Oh, and like even Zach Braff has has directed a couple episodes of Oh Ted my Lasso. God, how did I not know that? And I was like, once I realized that, I was like, okay, this explains the killer soundtrack because mm-hmm. Bill Lawrence is known for his music choices. Like he had such new popular artists before they were popular on Scrubs that they are not even allowed to run them on Hulu. Because they don't have the rights to the stre- to, for streaming, so on Hulu, all the music has changed. If you if you're a huge Scrubs fan, you will realize all the music is different and it sucks. So you have to get your DVDs of Scrubs if you want to, if you want the music. <laughs> so and even the main title theme is by one of the Mumford and Sons guys for Ted Lasso. Did not know that either. Nope. 
Anywho, this episode is called Diamond Dogs, which is from the Bowie song. So here we go. Okay, so we are picking right up from our last episode, which was the Make Rebecca Great Again, where they had the night out at the karaoke bar. It's the next morning, and the show opens, and we find Nate sleeping in the cargo hold of the bus, you know, where he got stuck last episode. He says he was afraid he'd miss the bus. Truth is, he is hungover from his joyous night that they had. Beard, Sam, Danny, and Zorro find him, and they're like, oh, he looks like a sweet little angel. And then we go to Rebecca's room, and she is waking up, and the waiter guy is naked and asleep in the bed and she's kind of tiptoeing out and she's like wait a second this is my room she's like oi get out throws him out i was like oh i love her i know and cut to ted who is awake and sitting patiently dressed with coat on and bag on his shoulder he's like yep ready to go waiting in by the bed for sassy to wake up and she's like oh you're awake he's like yeah i've been awake for three hours now and he is like me on any normal day he is anxious as hell he just can't stand it He's like, uh, got you late checkout. And she's like, great. I'm going to order a huge breakfast and put it on your tab. And we can immediately tell that Ted has never once had a night, one night stand. And Sassy has had quite a few. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> good for her. So the bus pulls back into, they must have been on the road forever. And they pull back in the club. And Beard says to Ted, something's up because you haven't said a word in five hours. And that's a record by about five hours. So they've, because <laughs> they talk together so much. And Ted tells him, you know what, I, I slept with Sassy last night. And, and Beard immediately says, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> He's like, yep, let's go. And I love these two together. They're so sweet. And Keely is looking for Roy. She finds him in the treatment room, which is the no longer haunted treatment room. And he's getting a massage or he's getting rubbed down by the, I think, I assume she's a masseuse. She's a something. I, I was like, is she an athletic trainer? or is she Yeah, she's probably a know. trainer. I don't yeah. know what she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, the love that the trainer is me because she's listening to murder podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and Keely, for the first time ever, is not confident. And I love her for this. Like she's, that woman is like, she knows what she wants. She goes after it. Mm-hmm. But right in this second with Roy, she's like, oh, you know, last night was crazy. I'm going to need like a bucket of coffee for this hangover. You want to go get coffee with me? And he's like, nope. I'm busy. And she's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, you need to go. She's about to work on my hamstrings and I make a lot of noises and I don't like people hearing my noises. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that as she's walking out, you hear him go. (laughs) (laughs) So Ted and Beard and Higgins and Nate are all in the coach's office and they're still talking about Ted and Sassy and Beard asks if he had fun. He says, yes, it's just weird going from having a mental breakdown in a karaoke club to sleeping with this woman and then somewhere in between they are getting a divorce. And then he's like, do you think I should tell Rebecca? And everybody's like, no, no, mm -mm, nope. And he, he says, it would break my heart if I found out she was having Hiding something from me. And then Higgins gags because, you know, obviously we know that she is hiding something huge from him. Roy walks in and he's like, oh, are we having a meeting? And Ted says, yeah, um, I'm having some lady problems. I'd love to get your input. And Roy immediately says no and turns around <laughs> and leaves. I freaking love Roy. Higgins asks, why are you beating yourself up? You need to get some. And he makes the little scissor sign, you know, where you do the little clipping scissors. Yeah. Side note, the other day I could not think of what the word scissors was. Oh. And so I asked my daughter and I was doing the little scissor thing. I asked her if she could find me the clip clips. Yeah. And she, <laughs> and she knew exactly what I was talking about, too. Ted says scissors. And Nate says, yeah, to cut yourself some slack. Ooh. And they, oh, but um, they are, <laughs> they are a funny group. So Ted's decided that they have kind of formed this support group, the support team of the four of them. And he's like, we got to come up with a name. And Higgins is like, what about the Proud Boys? And Nate immediately throws up. He's been throwing <laughs> up all morning anyway because he's so hungover. But I was like, yeah, uh, relatable, Nate. They make me want to throw up too. Uh, Nate suggests the Diamond Dogs. And everybody's like, yes, that's the winner. And oh my God, they're so funny. They like bark like dogs. They're ridiculous, but I love it. So with Keely now, and now she has sent a text to Roy asking if he wants to grab a drink if he's done with his making his weird noises early. (laughs) And 
And if you look at at the screen, it is notable that Roy's previous text was the cussing face emoji. I thought that was important. (laughs) I missed it. That seems about right. Yeah, doesn't it? I was like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. Um, That tracks. So Keely's doorbell rings, and it's Jamie. And he's in town for a game, and... He incidentally is talking about now playing for Man City again and how he thinks that Ted has dumped him. And anyway, he's there because he wants to thank Keely for everything that she did for him. He goes to leave when she asks if he wants to have a drink with her because she just got turned down by Roy. So, hey, Jamie's here. Maybe Jamie can make things better. He says no, unless you mean sex. And she's like, obviously. So they have sex. I love that he says, you made me cultured. You took me to plays and shit where they make you feel things and then get mad when you shout at them during a performance. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Jamie. <laughs> oh, boy. So Ted is in Rebecca's office bringing in her daily biscuits. And today he's also bringing chocolate truffles as a thank you for being there for him outside the karaoke bar. And I was like, oh, my heart. I know. And he says he owes her her for life and she should think of him as her metaphorical St. Bernard. And she says, well, what you can do for me is you can join me for lunch with two of the minority owners of the club. They're the Milk Sisters, and they're incredibly dull. And he's like, well, how much of the club do they own? She's like, 2.9%. He's like, yep, going to round that down to two and call them the 2% Milks. And she's like, yeah, they're going (laughs) to adore you. So Keely is in the press room in a meeting with uh, Colin, Isaac, and Sam about endorsement deals. She's talking to them about what kind of products would they like to endorse. And Colin says he loves Air Jordans. He'd fuck a pair of Air Jordans. And Sam's like, well, I'm interested in issue-oriented products and Air Jordans. And Isaac's like, Rolos. And she's like, like, candies? And he's like, no, just Rolos. And she's like, okay. And I was like, I agree. I think hey, Rolos are pretty great. Thank you. Rolos are great. Other than that, have to individually unwrap each one and make uh, me feel like a fat ass. I'm not yeah, a fan of that. You know what? It, it makes you work for it. And True. I appreciate that. I Chocolate and caramel is my jam. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Roy comes in and he asks what she's doing. She says, well, Rebecca's letting me use the press room until they find me a proper office. And he's like, cool. So do you want to see a movie later? Keela's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I asked for you for for coffee and you said no. I texted you and you never responded. He's like, yeah, I told you I was busy. And she's like, we had this kiss in the hallway and you took off like it was a shit kiss. And it wasn't. I was on fire. Like, this was a good (laughs) moment. And he's like, I agree. Yeah, I'm a professional footballer. I've had a million one night stands and they always feel empty. And she's like, yep, me too. He's like, I always wake up in the morning with my watch stolen or a story in the press about my penis having a curve in it. And she's like, wait, what does it? He's like, no, I just make it feel like it does with my hips. And and, and, I instantly, and he does a little I, hip. <laughs> I instantly started to sweat. I'm just like about that right now. And he's like, I'm trying hey, to, I know, whew, shave that beard and let's talk. Um <laughs> He says, I'm trying to do this differently, and I should have told you that. I'm trying to be more honest. And I was like, oh, oh Keely. And she's like, um, yeah, same. Um, I slept with Jamie. I didn't think you were into me. I didn't know what you wanted, and I, I knew exactly what he wanted. And he's like, wait, you fucked him to get back at me for something I'd even know I did? And she's like, no, well, kind of, mm, sorry. <laughs> And he grunts and she tells him to tell her how he feels about it once he figures out how to speak again. And <laughs> he just, <"Mah." laughs> I was like, you can grunt, Roy. I'm into it. I'm into it too, Roy. Uh, we don't need to talk. So Ted walks into his office and Roy is standing there. He's still grunting. <laughs> still cannot form words. Ted is trying to guess what is going on i laugh so hard at this I part did too. <laughs> i and you just have to watch it i didn't write it down it, it it is so funny roy says me and keely might be starting a thing but every time i think about her i think about jamie fucking tart ted picks up his phone he's like roy not to worry i'm gonna round up the diamond dogs they're coming to the rescue and roy's like who the fuck are the diamond dogs so in files nate and beard and higgins and they are they are ready to give some advice this this whole scene just absolutely kills me kills me right they instantly knew it was about keely they're like oh yeah. we're talking about keely yeah. all right let's go <laughs> roy tells them that keely slept with jamie last night and they're like well you're not officially dating you haven't already slept together so basically grow up get over it and then they're like 
Diamond Dogs struck again with the advice. Woo! And they start howling and panting like dogs. And Roy's like, you're all pricks and walks out. I loved it. I loved Ted saying, he got right in his face. He's like, you guys aren't understanding. Roy has slept with a million women, but Keely also has a past lovers. And that's not okay. And they're like, <laughs> and Nate's like, oh, he means the opposite. That's awesome. <laughs> that whole like, thing yes, was, yes. So, was so funny. No slut shaming here. They all no. have past. That's, that's where right. we're at. So Rebecca and Ted are in, are in the pub, this local pub that they always go to, waiting for the Milk Sisters. And Ted is just living in milk puns. He's just living it up. <laughs> well, here in walks Rupert and Bex and announce that although Rupert isn't allowed a stake in the club, the Milk Sisters were kind enough to sell their share to Bex. Isn't that great? And she says, I thought I'd at least finish off paying off my student loans before I'd buy a football club. Ha ha, he he. Anyways, Rupert is saying, well, you know, obviously he helped pay for it a bit. But once they get married, what's hers will be mine, etc. Remember, you taught me that, Rebecca. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Dick. So they're engaged. And Rebecca looks like she's going to puke. And Rupert says, ah, it's a round of drinks for the pub on me. And the wankers are so excited. They ask for <laughs> the boots, which are giant glasses shaped like boots. Not sure what that's about. I'm sure it's a I've soccer thing. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I'm sure it's a soccer thing, I, I would think. But anyways. So Keely is back in the press room and she's meeting with Danny Rojas about which product he would like to go in business with. And he says, joy, mucho, mucho joy. <laughs> si, mucho, mucho joy. And she's like, joy, I don't know if you can get paid for that. And he's like, I'd like to give away joy for free. And she's like, okay, well, hmm, this is not really my job. <laughs> Thanks. Roy walks in and says, okay, I'm done being mad. And she's like, all right. So she makes him sit down in front of the microphones like it's a press conference and says, okay, say that again, please. And she goes out into the seats and she says, raise her hand. She's like, um, Keely Jones from the Independent Woman. Can you repeat that? He's like, I'm over it. Can I take you out tonight? She quickly moves seats and says, Keely Jones, the Independent Woman Online Edition. Why should I trust this change of heart? He's like, because I like you more than I hate him. And I, I love oh. that. I loved it so much. And he's like, barely. It's very close. <laughs> so she moves again. Keely Jones, Independent Woman Magazine. Where would you take me if I said yes? And he says, coffee. And she's like, mm. He's like, oh, a dinner. And she's like, great. Moves again. Keely Jones, Independent Woman Magazine. Insert on Sundays. Can you elaborate on the hip move that makes your penis feel like it has a curve in it? He's like, no more questions. <laughs> I like it. He's like calling on him. He's like, he's like yeah, you. Yeah, okay. And then he's like, yeah, the woman with the hair. You with the eyes was the last one. (laughs) (laughs) So back at the bar, Rupert, very excited that he's back in the club. And Ted kind of whispers over to Rebecca and asks if she wants to leave. She says she will not give him the satisfaction. Rupert says, well, we need to learn to be friends since we'll be sitting with you every weekend. And Bex is like, "Uh, yeah, not me. I'm not going to a soccer game every weekend. And Rupert says, every week when they shove a camera in my face and ask me how I think you're doing, I'll tell them. Ted, kind of trying to break the tension, grabs a dart and he just starts throwing a few at the dartboard. And Rupert's like, oh, um, you want to play a game and maybe put a little money on it? I don't know, 10,000 pounds. And Ted says, well, no, not really. But if you win, I'll let you pick the starting lineup for the last two games of the season. But if I win, you can't go anywhere near the owner's box, at least while Rebecca is still in charge. And Rupert takes the bet. So he like reaches in his pocket. I'm like, or I don't even know. Does he just carry these around? It's like this case with professional darts in it that he just happens to have on him just in case anybody decides to bet him on a dart game at a bar. But Ted has pulled a princess bride move and remembered that actually he's left-handed and he's a fucking dart shark. He throws the first dart, lands it right in the center. It's called the bullseye. Um, Here's the thing. Whatever. I was on a dart league. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Tell me, I, all, tell me all the insider info. I had to tell this to my kids when we watched this episode last night. We stayed up until after 11 finishing these up last night. But yeah, it was on a dart league. <laughs> They're like, there's such a thing as a dart league. This, there totally is. <laughs> I had the exact same case. I had my own darts. The little... Oh, Tiffany. The little things, the little... Um, they're called flights that go mm-hmm. in the back. You mm-hmm. can get 
like I had Marilyn Monroe ones. I had all different ones, but holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, um, yeah. So the game it's like I don't even know you. I know the game that they play later is the game I used to play. I was very excited about the whole damn thing. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Because my kids, my kids are watching it, and I was like, I know before even they do anything, I know what he's trying to do. It's amazing. I was, I don't know. I felt knowledgeable on something. <laughs> Darts was a good time. I, I had it was a good time. It was. I was 19 years old. I was not allowed to drink in the bar. I was in a bar every week drinking my ass off playing darts. <laughs> Keely and Roy are on their first date and they are walking to dinner, I assume. They're just okay. you know, kind of walking. And Keely's like, I need to ask you something. When you were too busy the other day, what were you doing? He's like, ah, it's private. Um, she's like, okay, I get that, but I need to know, are you dating other people? Because it's totally okay if you are. I just want to know so I don't look stupid. And he says, well, all right, it was yoga. I do yoga with a group of women in their 60s who have no idea who I am. It's really good for my core. Normally it only takes an hour, but Maureen's going through a divorce and we all ended up at G-A-Y and then we ended up eating crepes with some drag queens at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> sounds like, like a good time. That sounds like a great day. And she's like, okay, well, um, I'm going to kiss you now. <laughs> I know you want to take it slow, so maybe I can just touch your ass or you could touch mine. And he just grabs her and kisses her. And all of a sudden we and it's the paparazzi dude taking a ton of pictures and Roy runs over to him and says, hey, where's your manners? You're supposed to ask before you take something. And then he rips the memory card of his out of his camera and says, can I have this? And the guy says, no. And he says, too bad. I'm taking it anyways. <laughs> Takes the card out, hands it to Keely and says, there you go. Pictures of our first date. Come on. I'm going to go cook for you. <laughs> I love him so much. <sighs> Remember when he was just glaring face guy from the first I episode? Know. He has worked his way into our hearts. Oh. With that curve, <laughs> that curved penis, I bet he mm. did. Mm. Working okay. his way into something. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna let you take this part because I know I now know how much you love darts. So. I do. I, okay. I haven't played in so long. I used to have my own dart board. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, wow. we played electronic darts, and then I there's... have an electronic dart board. You just coming to yeah. my house one day. Mm-hmm. And I had hammerhead darts, which were really cool. That I don't know what that is. Yeah, they they had a um a retractable point on them, so like when they oh. go into the board, it would slam down hard, so they'd stick in. So it was like pfft, I don't know how to explain it. Like it like a, like a click of like if you have a clicky pen, it would like mm-hmm. have that kind of motion and smack mm-hmm. together. So, mm-hmm. anyways, all your dart knowledge come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Email Tiffany at that's so original podcast dot com with if your... you want twenty year old <laughs> dart knowledge because I haven't played in that long or however long that is yeah. mathematically. Anyways, so Ted and Rupert are playing what I played what was called cricket. I'm not sure what they call it over, maybe it's something different over in England. We called it cricket. They're playing and Rupert is winning. Rupert says he, when he wins, he's going to be putting Sam back on defense where he belongs. We all know oh, Sam is a freaking ace. We love mm-hmm. him. And Rupert says, I always knew my wife was a bit randy, but I never thought she'd fuck over an entire team. He's just being awful. He's just mm-hmm. horrid. And Ted says, you know, you think you'd have better manners when I'm holding a dart. And then he turns to May, who owns the bar, and he says, what do I need to win? She says, two triple 20s and a bullseye. So on a dartboard, I'd explain this to my kids, the bigger sections are worth less points, and the smaller the little sections get, they're worth more. So the board is split into sections. There's 19s, there's 18s, there's 20s. And a triple 20 is the is the little bitty section closest to the bullseye in the 20 section. So he needed to hit two of those and a bullseye to win. On cricket, when you had to play it, you had to hit, like, three of everything. So you had to hit three 18s, three 19s, three 20s, and three bullseyes. But you usually played with a partner, so you could play, anyways, what when we played. <laughs> Anywho, too much dart stuff. Anyways, Ted says to Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And I never understood why until I saw this quote on a wall by my kid's school by Walt Whitman. It said, be curious, not judgmental. And with that, he throws the dart and he hits the first triple 20. And he says, all the fellows used to belittle me. Not a one of them was curious. They thought they had everything figured out, so they judged everything, and they judged everyone. Them underestimating me has nothing to do with who I was. Because if they were curious, they would ask questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? Throws the second dart, hits the second triple 20. And he said, I would have answered every Sunday with my dad. 
from 10 to 16 when he passed away. And then he just looks around the room and says, barbecue sauce, and throws last dart and hits the bullseye. And everybody freaking loses their mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> Rupert just walks out. And Rebecca is so freaking happy. And she's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And Ted's like, you know what you gotta do? Whispers in her ear. And, and she's like, oh, do I have to? And then yells, drinks are on me! Yay! More boot cups More for everybody. Boots. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I, that scene was so great. I loved that part. About it was amazing. Asking questions. You know. Oh, I just loved it. So we're at practice. We're at training now, excuse me. And Ted calls everyone over. Higgins is like up in Rebecca's office. That's the office that overlooks the field. And he signals down to Ted as Rebecca walks into the office. And Ted is like, oh, okay, hold on. And they they all kind of run around the field and lay out on the field and on the pitch. And they've spelled out, hi, boss. (laughs) And she says, hi, Ted. And he's like, I can't hear you. And she's like, hi, Ted. She goes back in the office and I guess they go back to training. And Higgins tells Rebecca, we've got some bad news. We have 10,000 unsold seats for the last game of the season. And Rebecca's like, I don't care. She says, let the Manchester team buy them. Rupert will hate that. Higgins says, it will ruin our chances. She's like, just do it. You know, she doesn't care still whether they win or lose. And Higgins has just had it. And I love it. He says, fuck off. And she's probably like, excuse me. But he says, I'm sick of it. He says, you won't take away your pain by constantly punishing Rupert. She reminds him again about sneaking in the women, saying you had every chance to do the right thing and you never did. And he says, you're right. I deserve that. I'm sorry. You just need to stop this. Stop it. And she says, or what? And he says, I quit. And she doesn't believe him, but he walks out. And I was like, I think he means it. I don't think he's ever coming back. But then there's a knock at the door. And her face is like, oh, here he comes. But no, it is not Higgins. It's Keeley. And she's holding her phone that has the picture of she and Ted from way back when, when he was wiping the ketchup off her face. And she now knows that Rebecca arranged for it to be taken because obviously the same paparazzi guy that Roy and her found it on the memory card that Roy took and asked him and he said that Rebecca hired him. And then she says... Either you come clean to Ted or I'll do it for you. And she storms out of the office. So just in like the last two minutes of this episode, all of the scheming and all of Rebecca's shit has come back to bite her in the ass. The thing that bothered me right here is when she kind of fighted with Higgins and she's like, where were your scruples when you're having lunch with me so Rupert could have sex in our house? I thought we were friends. And that hit me so hard. Mm. They were friends. That's why she's being so miserable to him is she thought, oh, he was taking her out to lunch because they were yeah, friends. And I can't blame her. I mean, oh. honestly, when she says that you had so many opportunities to tell me what he was doing and you didn't do it. I don't know. I mean, I truly think that Higgins feels a lot of guilt about that now. And I think that's part of the reason why doing this to Ted is so yeah. hard on him because he did kind of the same thing for so long and it probably really ate at him and now he's doing it to someone else and Higgins I think at heart is a really good guy and I think so too yeah this is just eating him up so that is the end of episode eight yay Let's keep plugging along. Episode yeah. nine is called All Apologies. We start with Roy sitting in an All ice All Apologies <laughs> Sorry. Roy is sitting in an ice bath in a dumpster, in the dark, listening to a sports center type show, talking about how it's another rough day and a stretch of rough days for him. Ted comes in, flips on the light, and Roy says, has everyone left? And he's like, yeah, everyone except Rojas, who's still doing drills. And Roy's like, fucking asshole, and Ted's right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Apparently, it comes out that Roy has lost the game for them. He's beat himself up. He wants Ted to beat him up. He says, you know, call me a piece of shit. Ted says, nope, I'm not doing that. You had a bad day. Knock it off. We're just keep moving forward. And then he looks at Roy and he says, aw, you look like a brunette Oscar of the Grouch in there. (laughs) And I laughed out loud. And then he's like, do you want the light on or off? And he's like, off. And he goes and he's sitting in the ice bath. And here comes the light, flips back on. And it's Danny Rojas, who's coming to run on the treadmill and sing loudly in Spanish. (laughs) So Roy just goes underneath the water. You just see him sink. 
So Rebecca is having a photo shoot in the locker room. She's, you know, in her business suit holding a, a soccer ball. Like, I don't know. And <laughs> Ted comes in and he starts hyping her up and gives her her daily biscuits. And he's like, you look great. And she explains it's for an article about women in football. And he says, that's great because some little girl out there will think she can do this someday. And she's like, oh, in this scenario, little girls read the football financial quarterly. And he's like, I don't know. Little girls are mysterious. <laughs> And he's like, I wish Higgins was here to see this. He'd be so proud of you, too. And she's like, no, he made it quite clear when he left what he thought of me. And he's like, no, he's going to come around. And she says, "Uh, so how's team morale? And she's like, I'm kind of heartbroken about the last loss. And then Keely just happens to walk in and says, are you? You're heartbroken about the loss? Ted says, oh, hey, Keely, did Tom Ford get back to you? And she says, yeah, they're going to stick with the models they already have. But if they decide that they ever want to do an Everman or something satirical, your name is on the top of their list. <laughs> Love her. So Keely asks Rebecca if they can talk for a second. And they go into this room that is full of shoes, full of Cleats, yeah, not shoes. Boots, boots. They're called sure. boots over there. Oh, boots. And she wants to know why Rebecca hasn't told Ted yet. And Keely tells you know just fucking do it. Nate walks in because he organizes all these cleats or whatever, and he's just mumbling something about women in shoes. And he runs out because he's still very intimidated by Rebecca. Rebecca wants to know what's the point of telling Ted now. It wouldn't change anything. And Keely says it would change how I feel about you. So Ted is at a press conference talking about the last game of this season, and they are playing Manchester City, who Jamie is playing for again. He says they want to go out like Willie Nelson on a high. And I had to explain that to my daughter. I was like, Willie Nelson was like a country singer, and he was like, smoke a lot of pot. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. And Ted calls on Trent, and he says, so the young players have definitely improved since you've been here. But Roy Kent played terribly last night. Uh, You got any thoughts? And Ted says, Roy knows it wasn't his best day, but he's the backbone of this team. After the press conference, Ted goes to the office where Nate and Beard are waiting and they do not look happy. They tell him to take a seat. He says, okay, you look like you're about to do an improv show or tell me you're dating. Either of which is cool, by the way. Beard says that they need to take Roy out of the starting lineup. It wasn't just one bad game. So obviously Nate and Beard have been discussing Roy's performance without Ted. Ted gets a text from Rebecca, who he has in his phone as the boss, that says they need to talk. Ted tells Nate and Beard, I'm not benching Roy. He's our captain. I value your opinion, even when it's wrong. So he leaves to go talk to Rebecca. Yeah. So Ted comes bounding into her office. He's, he's always just like a puppy. He's just happy and so wonderful. And Rebecca is putting off talking to him about everything. She says, I need to tell you something, but I'm procrastinating. And so she starts breaking down the word procrastinating. It means pro. What does procrastinating mean? And then she's like, you know what? Never mind. I can't do this right now. And so Ted's like, cool. All right. See you later. And she's sitting there and she's trying to give herself a pep talk. She's like, get it together. Clean up your mess. Do this. Be a big girl. Just do it. Just as Rupert storms in. And he says, where's Higgins? I can't believe he's gone. He's a good guy. Although he always chewed on pen tops like a nervous puppy. Rebecca says, you know, whatever, he's gone. Rupert's there to tell her that he and Bex are having a baby. She's like, wait, you're having a baby? You always said you didn't want children. And then she just screams, you're nearly 70 and you're having a baby? What are you, a character from the fucking Bible? And he tells her, calm down. I always wanted a child, just not with, and the longest pause in history before he's like in the end it's just about being with the right person rebecca's face her Mm -hmm. eyes are filled with tears and i was like oh honey don't cry in front of him don't cry don't give him the satisfaction and he says he was so glad he could got to tell her this in person and break her part her heart and push every fucking button Mm -hmm. he knows to push oh i hate him so freaking much oh and hannah whatever her name is that plays rebecca just killed it. Her face is it crumbled. Oh. <laughs> so he leaves and this great song starts to play. I didn't look up what this one was, but the whole song is about apologies. And maybe all apologies. Is that what it is? I don't know. So she walks out of the office and you see her going down the stairs and she's going down into the locker room and all the guys are like half naked and pulling up their pants. 
because my kids scream gross because there's a whole bunch of naked butts. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she walks into Ted's office and um, she says, I have something to tell you. And he's like, oh, well, that was quick. You know, we just went through this. It's like deja vu a few minutes ago. And she's like, Ted, I'm a fucking bitch. I lied to you. I hired you because I wanted you to fail. And I sabotaged you every chance I could get. I hired the photographer. I set up the interview with Trent, hoping he'd humiliate you. And I transferred Jamie. This club was all Rupert cared about. And I wanted to destroy it to cause him as much pain and suffering as he has caused me. And I don't care who I used or who I hurt. All you good people are just trying to make a difference. I'm so sorry. And Ted just is like nodding. And he gets up and like like he's going to walk out. And she says, if you want to quit or call the press, I get it. And you see, all of a sudden you see that Ted is looking at her and he's teary-eyed too and says, I forgive you. And she's like, what? Why? Divorce is hard. Doesn't matter if you're the one leaving or the one who got left. It makes you do crazy things. I'm coaching soccer in London. This job has changed my life. It gave me the distance I needed to see what was really going on. And he's like, we're okay. And he offers her his hand and she grabs him and hugs him. This lady who doesn't like hugs, hugs him so hard. She like lunges at him for this hug. (laughs) And he says, I think if you care about someone, you have a little love in your heart. There's nothing you can't go through together. And she says, you're not just talking about us now, are you? (laughs) (sighs) So at training now, Ted gathers the guys around and he says, okay, guys, remember your body is like day old rice. If you don't warm it up properly, something real bad could happen. I didn't know, like, Dale Bryce can cause food poisoning. It just didn't seem like that would be something that would cause food poisoning. Because, like, Sam says food poisoning is no joke. One time I was sick and had diarrhea at the same time. And Rojas says, to do both, the body is a miracle. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> he's just the, he is... he's a silver lining in every oh, situation. <laughs> <sighs> so... He says, we need to be able to change directions quickly, start and stop quickly. And so they set up some cones. They're getting ready to run some drills. And he turns to tell Beard a joke. But Beard is, I don't know, he's he's trying to give the silent treatment to Ted. He won't, But he won't even stand near him. So he, like, scoots down the field a little bit. And Ted says, is this about Roy? You're going to give me the cold shoulder and the silent treatment? That's a combo. Does it come with a medium drink? <laughs> and he he tries to tell Nate this joke that he wants to tell. But Nate does the same thing, a little more awkwardly than beer. But basically the same thing. So the guys are running the drill. And every time Roy runs by, it's this drill that my son does in soccer where they set up the cones and you run to the first one and you come back. And then you run to the second one and come back. And so, like... The guys are, you know, running 90 miles an hour past the camera. And then all every now and then you see Roy and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Because <laughs> he's um, the last one. Yeah, he's the last one. He's slower than all the other guys. And he's obviously in a lot of pain. This is a lot harder for him. So Beard looks pointedly at Ted and he's like, okay, okay, I get it. Cut to Rebecca's office and she's writing with a pen and she looks at the end and it's chewed so obviously that makes her think of Higgins so when you see her pull up to Higgins house and as she walks up to the front door she hears someone playing like it's upright bass okay bass I was like which way and she peeks around to the side window and there's Higgins and he's (laughs) and he's got this like weird goatee thing it's and a it's van dyke ha- it's a van it, dyke i don't know because they reference named it. after a 17th century <laughs> yeah. flemish painter and he says it makes him it makes him look how he feels chill and his hair is like like combed down oh my god he looks so funny anyway so after training ted finds roy in the stands and he walks over and it's like the movie theater where there's a hundred empty seats and the person sits right beside you and that's what ted does to roy and and Roy's like, there's all these other seats. And Ted says, uh, yeah, but this is what my ticket says. And I laugh. <laughs> I, I laugh so hard. <laughs> Ted tells him, well, about the starting lineup. And Roy is just immediately enraged. He knows what this is about. He tells him to fuck off, fuck you, and storms out. Cut quickly back to Higgins and Rebecca and talking about his cool beard. And she's like, well, what does your wife think of that? And he's like, oh, yeah, she hates it. Rebecca tells him that she came clean to Ted and the asshole had the nerve to forgive me. She apologizes for pulling Higgins into her childish scheme. And Higgins says, thank you. She says, I lost my way for a minute, but I'm on the way back. And he said, it suits you. And she says, unlike that beard. (laughs) (laughs) 
Really, though? No. It's bad. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, Keely and Roy are at her house, and niece Phoebe is there. So, I don't know if they're babysitting, she's visiting, whatever. And Phoebe has headphones on, and she's, like, with a tablet. Keely's saying, that's weird. I've never had a child in my house before. And Roy says, well, what about Jamie? And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, don't let her snoop around and find my vibrator. And she's like, yeah, because that would be bad because her mom said no electronics. <laughs> and Keely is just prattling on about how little kids are weird because their new teeth come in and push out the old teeth. And then Roy just starts talking about being bent. She's just like, oh, we're doing real stuff now? Okay. <laughs> and she sits down and gets herself ready. She's like, okay, go. And he's like, Roy Kent has been the best player on every team he's ever been on. I don't know if I can handle being some loser has been called Roy. And she's like, wow, men who feel sorry for themselves are sexy. If you tell me how hard it is to play a game for a living, I just might come. (laughs) Made me laugh really hard. And he's like, it's not a game for me. It's all I've ever known. It's who I am. It's all I am. And Keely's like, Phoebe, can you come here? And Phoebe takes headphones off and she's like, you were right. Zeppelin is amazing. She's like, yeah, wait until you hear cream. (laughs) Anyways. Close your eyes for me and describe Uncle Roy. And she's like, well, his beard is scratchy. He swears a lot. He buys me ice cream. He's funny. And I love him. And Keely says, see, she didn't say anything about you being a football player. And he's like, who gives a shit what she has to say? She's six. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you don't know what people think about Roy Kent. And second, all that matters is what Roy Kent thinks about Roy Kent. And I was like, oh, I love them. I know. I love them so much. So, at the pub, Beard is watching his ex-girlfriend, Jane, play chess with another guy. Oh, how could she? I know. And the wankers are like, oh, dude, he's a beautiful man. (laughs) (laughs) And Beard has ordered four pints, and they're sitting in front of him as Ted walks in. And Ted's like, are those all for you? And he says, no. Figure talking to Roy was hard, so I just had these prepared. And says, as well, I tried to tell Roy, but he guessed what was coming. And um, you know what? I decided I'm not benching him. And, you know, he freaked out. I don't want to deal with it. It wouldn't just be humiliating to him. It could affect his livelihood. You know, winning isn't how we measure success. And Beard screams, yes, it is. I'm sick of this. I understood when we did this in Kansas, but those were kids. These are professionals. And winning matters to them. It matters to me. Losing has repercussions. We lose, we get relegated. And if that happens, it's over. And we have built nothing. If you want to put a player's feelings over a coach's duty, then I don't want to drink with someone that's selfish. And he gets up and as he's storming out, Jane stops him and says, that's the sexiest thing she's I've ever seen. And he goes like, come on. And then he looks down at her guy that she's playing chess with. And he goes, she was just playing with you. Checkmate. And walks out. <laughs> so we see Ted pound all the pints and he stumbles outside and he puts the last glass down and he goes to walk. And of course, since he's American, goes to the street and he looks left and doesn't see the car coming from his right that's going to run him over. And just as he's walking to traffic, an arm comes out and stops him. And it's Roy. Roy saved his life. Love Roy. Thanks, Roy. No, literally. Thank you, Roy. Right. So now Ted and Roy are at Ted's place. And Roy says he's sorry for telling Ted to fuck himself. He has told his niece that he might not be playing this last game. And she said, let's go get ice cream. So he's getting his head wrapped around the fact that him not being a footballer is not the end of the world. He says, I asked her if she was still going to watch the match. And the little shit said yes. And then Ted is talking about the fresh Prince of oh Bel-Air. Oh, so hard. <laughs> And he's talking about how they swapped out Aunt Bev's, but he didn't care because he watched just for Carlton. And then he says, Alfonso Rivera, the greatest physical comedian of the 19th, 20th, and 21st century. And he starts doing the Carlton, and hopefully everybody knows what the Carlton is. If you don't, then look it up. And Roy says, I never know how to react when a grown man does the Carlton in front of me. Ted tells him that they could just say he's injured, but... Roy says, well, that's not going to help me play next season. And Ted says, well, I would prefer that you be at the game, you know, not starting at the game, but be at the game. But it's his decision. And Roy says he'll think about it. They're sitting down the table and they're drinking tea and Ted takes a sip and he's like, oh, God, he's like, "Okay, you can tell me this is a prank, right? Like you you guys all know that tea is trash. Nobody actually likes this. And Roy's like, it's great. It's amazing. What are you talking about? Takes another sip. Ted says, you don't love it. It's pigeon sweat. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Higgins is back and he and Rebecca are giggling in her office when Ted walks in with biscuits and he is just overjoyed to see Higgins that he gives uh, Higgins his own box of biscuits because he just had a hunch he'd be here. (laughs) He's like, no, actually I made those for Trent Krim's daughter. She's turning three today. And Rebecca starts giving him shit. She's like, those are for his daughter. She already told her. Oh no, she's going to be devastated. And then he's like, "Ah, I'm just fucking with you. No problem. You know, and walks out. Higgins opens the box and says, yeah, these are definitely for a little girl. And they're like all (laughs) sparkly. And Rebecca says, well, maybe he thinks you are silly, mysterious and playful. Like, because he was describing little girls earlier. Oh, he also pets Higgins like a dog and oh, Higgins pants, you know. Oh, I missed the diamond dogs. <laughs> oh, I missed that entirely. <laughs> so they're in the locker room and they're getting ready for training and Ted looks over and Roy is not there. Ted tells the boys to listen up and just as he's about starting to talk, Nate says, um, 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 I've been physically ill since I walked away from you the other day and pretended that I didn't hear you. <laughs> I even had nightmares about it where I was a crow and I was pecking you. And Ted says, no problem. We're all good. But um, maybe apologize to me in, my, in your dreams too, just so we're good on that plane too. <laughs> and as they're getting ready to go, all of a sudden Roy walks in. He's in a street clothes and he says, uh, my niece found my girlfriend's vibrator. So we had to take her to get her ears pierced to erase the memory. That's why I'm late. <laughs> and Beard says, I've been there. <laughs> Uh, oh beard um and so we see roy goes over and he puts his jersey on and then he puts on his second string jersey over top and says just want to say second team is going to kick first team's fucking asses today and i was like oh he accepted the fact that he can't start but he did it with grace and we love him for it yeah and as everybody files out roy's the last one left in the locker room and he walks out and he just reaches his hand up and just like oh taps yeah that believe sign like oh. i had see i didn't have that in my notes but i noticed it when we watched it again last night there were some things that i didn't catch the first time and i'm glad i watched it again so love it okay guys so that was episode eight and nine and since we're about at the hour mark we're gonna call it for this episode and we're just gonna follow up and we're gonna have a grand finale with episode 10 of ted lasso next time so in the meantime between this episode coming out and episode 10 coming out if you want to get in touch with us and tell us the things that you love about Roy uh, you could do that in like a lot of different places where could they do that Tiffany? You can um, talk about Roy's curved penis at um, (laughs) That's So Original Podcast on Instagram you can tell us about maybe oh I got nothing else witty to come up with (laughs) um your dart league experiences you can send that to um that cell pod on twitter and we will gladly talk about it there yeah i mean you can find us on facebook at somewhere where is that that's original podcast on facebook no way get out you can go to our website at that's original podcast dot com you can send us an email at that so original podcast at gmail.com like us review us on itunes follow us on spotify and stitcher be our friend we love you please thank you all right well we will talk to you next time and we will be finishing up ted lasso and we may or may not know what we're doing next it's a surprise for everyone but be there or be square bye, bye. okay <laughs>